Hi everyone, I'm back for another episode, Writing Reality with Amanda Lee. I'm Amanda Lee. Um, I thought I'd do something a little bit different today. I have a book releasing on August 16th. It's called Forbidden, A Beauty of the Dark Novella. It is part of my Beauty of the Dark universe, which turned out to be much more expansive than I originally anticipated when I first set out to write these characters' stories, which could be a podcast for another time because it's definitely an interesting story. But, see, I love listening to audiobooks, and I would love for my books to be audiobooks one day. It's something I need to do more research in. But in the meantime, I could read some of my books on my podcast or parts of my book. So, since this new book is releasing August 16th, which is very, very soon... I thought I would read you the first chapter today. And give me a second, because I'm pulling up the Word document, because I don't have a physical copy yet. And I am still a little nervous. I think I'll always be a little nervous when it comes to my books, and especially reading my own book. But uh, I'm going to do it anyway. So... Forbidden, A Beauty of the Dark Novella by Amanda Lee. I also always have a quote in the beginning of these books. And I would read it, except I haven't decided between two quotes. I have a pretty good idea what it's going to be, and it's from it's a Shakespeare quote. But I'm not certain yet, so I'm going to go right into chapter one. And this entire book is from Caleb's point of view who you will know if you've read the Beauty of the Dark trilogy, Scarred, Burned, and Angel. Okay, so here we go. Chapter 1. I stick the key in the front door lock before remembering I never bother to lock it unless they're over. Unless they're here, there's no reason to. Not really. My empty apartment seems to mock me in greeting. I could get a house if I wanted. A nice big house. Maybe I would if I had more people to live there with. If you could live there with them, my thoughts whisper. Yes, I concede to them. That's right. I've had this apartment for almost five years. But here on my own, this apartment is enough. And it's big enough for when they come to visit. I know it's wrong. Having feelings for her will never work out. We both know it. I can smell her shampoo, her perfume. The scent lingers all over me. Her dark waves and her cobalt blue eyes haunt my mind. I drop my wallet and keys onto the tan side table by the couch. On it sits a picture of a tiny blonde girl that catches my eye. Her blonde hair disheveled and falling into her dark blue eyes that are so like her mother's. Her smile wide as I bounced her on my knee. I can hear the high-pitched giggles in my head. I pick up the photo and lovingly trace my thumb along the edge of the frame. Kiara and I, about a year ago, in the park. Melinda took the picture and framed it for me. A wooden frame carved with intricate swirls. I smile as I set it down. My Kiara. She isn't my Kiara, of course. She has a mother and a father. She's their Kiara. 
even if her father hardly even looks at her, let alone picks her up or plays with her. I swear, he's afraid of his own daughter. He doesn't understand her like Melinda and I do. He doesn't understand any of it like Melinda and I do. And that's why Melinda and I understand each other so well, though in some ways we're so very different. A witch and a vampire. Even if one of us wants it to, it will never work out. I set the picture down on the end table and sigh. She's more my Kiara than Greg's, mine and Melinda's. I don't know what Kiara will see me as as she gets older. Older brother, father figure, older brother probably. I tell myself I don't have to worry about not being there, but I'm not sure, but I'm not so sure about that. It's obvious Greg doesn't like me. In fact, I'm pretty sure he downright hates me. I open my fridge to a sparsely stocked supply and reach back behind containers of yogurt to the containers of milk filled with squirrel blood. It was all I could get in the last week. I unscrew the top and take a swig, hating the way I'm enjoying the sensation of it sliding down my throat. I scoff as I screw the top back on and Melinda's eyes filled my mind. No, we'd never ever work out. She protects people. And while I haven't fed off anyone in a long time, it is still my instinct. We're too different to work. Shaking my head, I push the container of blood back behind the few other things in the fridge. Then I grab it and shove it into one of the crisper drawers. A half-assed place to hide it, but it'll do. It isn't as if anyone but Melinda would see it. Melinda will bring something to eat when she comes over but I keep tomatoes, avocado, and yogurt in the fridge. I have a loaf of bread and a bread drawer on my white linoleum counter. In the freezer, I have a bag of chicken nuggets for Kiara. Mashed butternut squash was her favorite as an infant, along with peach-flavored yogurt, butterscotch pudding, and mashed avocado. Now she eats tomatoes like they're apples, right out of the fridge with salt. She loves spaghetti. She's covered in sauce by the end, but she loves it. I reach for the milk jug, filled with blood again, but draw my hand back at the last minute. I will always need blood if I'm going to go on living, if you could call this living. But I don't want to indulge in it. Instead, I take a shot glass and a bottle of bourbon out. I pour myself a shot and throw it back, slamming the glass down on the arm of the booster seat I keep in my kitchen for Kiara. Kneeling eye level with it, I see a crack ripping right through it. I curse. I'll have to get a new one. Again. I slide my hand over the top and smile. Stains too deep to get out color it. From sitting at this very kitchen island feeding Kiara a couple of years ago. I miss that though. I love seeing her grow. The booster seat is now permanently set on one of the chairs around my small round kitchen table. I'd always wanted a daughter when I was human. Once I gave up my humanity, I, accept I accepted that I'd never get one. That was the price I paid for getting vengeance for my little sister. Alas, I couldn't even do that. So what did I get out of it? The red stain stares up at me from the booster seat again. Well, I get Kiara at least, and Melinda. For how long? I don't really know. And do I really have them anyway? I cherish every second spent with those two. I don't know what will happen when Kiara gets older. Melinda and I avoid the subject. Before Kiara was born, while Melinda was still pregnant with her, she was conflicted, I could tell, and I couldn't say that I blamed her. The last time human blood passed my lips was before Melinda was even conceived, but that didn't mean much to a witch. 
someone naturally distrustful of vampires. It meant even less to a mother trying to protect her child. After I came to her aid in that alley, though, her trust in me intensified, especially since I'd gotten rid of those brutes without letting my vampire nature loose. She even let me come visit when Kiara was born. Greg wasn't thrilled about it, but his distaste of me has increased greatly over the last couple of years. Greg shoots me looks so disdainful I can taste the hate on my tongue. He wishes, I, he wishes I would simply stay away from Melinda. I know on some level that I really should. Not because it's his wish, but because of what I am. But no, my indulgence instead of blood was spending time with her and sweet little Kiara. The liquid splashes over the rim of the shot glass as I stare out in front of me. Damn it. I mutter and rip a paper towel from the holder, sopping up the liquid on my hand and the mess on the now-ruined booster seat. The fourth to go, as I think as I flop down on the couch, careful to not spill the bourbon this time. I wasn't exactly a drinker before becoming a vampire, but it helps to curb the cravings. And this is New Orleans. If you're going to drink hard liquor, bourbon is the top choice. I chug back another one, the burn letting a fire down my throat. Better than giving in to my primal side. I stare out in front of me, my empty, lonely apartment staring back. Mocking me with its empty rooms, empty booster seat, empty bed. Silence. Another mocking friend on my journey of eternal life. A journey I decided to take for one reason. I reach under my shirt and pull the cross out, caressing it between my fingertips. The simple gold cross glints in the sunlight streaming in through the window. I squeeze my eyes shut. I'd come so close to doing it, so close to killing him, but I couldn't make myself do it. Was it truly for the reason I told him, that I wanted him to suffer for the rest of his eternal life for what he'd done? Or was it something else? Was I weak? I couldn't avenge my sister. Trent was supposed to marry Charity, and instead he murdered her in cold blood. The image is still painted on my eyelids every time I shut my eyes. The blood pouring out of her neck to the floor. Trent, his mouth and chin covered in Charity's blood, dripping onto his white shirt. I still see him jumping out of the window, like the coward he is, in my dreams most nights. He probably doesn't even care. A sharp pain slices through my hand, and I open my eyes. The shot glass is shattered in my grip. I gulp and take in a deep breath. As long as he stays away from Melinda and Kiara, I don't care what the hell he does with his eternal damnation. Okay. So that is the first chapter of Forbidden, a Beauty of the Dark novella, which is all about Caleb and Melinda. And I probably should have read you the blurb to this book before I started, but I could read it to you now instead. <laughs> uh, just a second. So, so you have a little bit of perspective. The story you don't hear in Scarred. Witches and vampires were never supposed to mix. But after saving Melinda from an attack in an alley, centuries-old vampire Caleb finds himself strangely drawn to the beautiful witch Melinda and her adorable young daughter, Kiara. Melinda's husband is an absolute jerk and resents the fact that she's a witch. In fact, he's so disgusted with his daughter's powers that he practically ignores her, her existence. 
an issue that turns Caleb's stomach every time he thinks about it. All Caleb wants is to keep Melinda and Kiara safe, but maybe the biggest threat of all isn't physical, but rather the heartbreak and loneliness of a mother and daughter chained to the wrong man. So, there you go. <laughs> Chapter one and the book blurb for Forbidden, which is releasing August 16th. And I'm excited for you to hear more of Caleb's story because he didn't actually get his point of view in the original trilogy. In fact, this is the first story written in Caleb's point of view. And he has more stories to tell, but I felt like this was really the first one that he needed to share. So on August 16th, you can read that whole story of him and Melinda and Kiara. So thank you for listening. And let's go write our realities. <laughs>